Welcome to the second season of Influence Me, a podcast series where I discuss matters of leadership with a wide range of guests. I'm Assistant Commissioner Andrew Short. For me, this podcast series is all about supporting leaders, both experienced and emerging, through the many challenges that will come on their leadership journey. It is my view that leadership is all about influence, and I look forward to interviewing more guests for the purpose of increasing knowledge and understanding of leadership. As the title of this podcast suggests, I want to be influenced. Greetings to everyone. We're back here today with Doug Bites. If you want to get your head around who Doug Bites is, you can go back to the first episode of the second season of Influence Me, and they'll give you a good taste of, of who Doug is. But I've asked Doug to come back and spend some more time with me to talk about intuition. My view is that intuition is central to how people operate in emergency services and probably life more broadly than that. So starting off and giving you a bit of a background to Doug in a very basic sense, early in his life he was in emergency services, a successful officer in fire rescue, then moved on become a successful businessman with his wife and partner, creating from the ground up a resort in a developing country. And as I said, if you want to go back and listen to the other podcast, you'll get a sense of what that period of life was for Doug. More recently, Doug has committed his life now to helping others. And what I mean by that is either through coaching, mentoring, sharing experiences so people can do it a little bit easier. And I'm personally grateful, Doug, that you've elected to get to this point in your life where you're really starting to show that, or you are showing that it's all about others and the people that are come, come along behind us. So welcome again. Thanks, Andrew. Glad to be back. And yeah, glad to glad to be invited to talk about this subject Yeah, today. an incredibly important subject. As I said, the subject today is intuition. And of course, I love going to a baseline. And certainly if you go to a dictionary, you'll find that a definition of intuition may sound something like this, that intuition is the ability to understand something instinctively without the need for conscious reasoning. And it's quite an easy thing to say that. But now jumping into intuition, there's so much to be understood. And I'm sure that during this course of discussion, we will get to the point where we connect it to the life or the the world of an emergency service operator or technician or personnel. But we'll get there. So Doug, in your own work at recent times, you've jumped into the the topic of intuition, being very active in particularly with the male part of our society Mm -hmm. in trying to help them develop or better understand their intuition or their ability to be intuitive. So give me a sense of what puts you there or what attracted you to start talking about intuition to people. Okay, so probably about six years ago, Andrew, you talked about I had a business overseas. We wound that up. I moved back to Australia through intuitive circumstances. I actually was able to move that business on and, and accumulate three times more. I was paid three times more for it than I had hoped to have been paid for it. That gave me time and money. So I then didn't need to go to a traditional job. Yeah. And I spent the next three and a half years as my wife says, reinventing myself. Yep. I traveled into state several times. I traveled to the USA three times, learning all sorts of different things about how the energy in our body works, etc., etc. And what came from that as a sideline was suddenly I was having 
far more intuitive moments and experiencing things that I wasn't sure of. And it was like a new language. It's like I landed in China yeah. and I couldn't speak the language. Yeah. And there was, there was people were speaking to me, things were happening, and I couldn't interpret any of it. So I embarked on a journey, personal inward journey to learn this new language. And Was that confronting for you? It, it, not confronting per se, oh. but not confronting in a negative connotation, but confronting in that, that you know, there you are, a, a male in his mm. 50s, and all of a sudden you're seeing doors open to things in your life that you were maybe blind to or you couldn't oh. see previously extremely blind to yeah I, like when i went to california the first training i went to i thought there'd be a dozen people there was 50 people in the club and i was like wow a five-day workshop 50 people i was surprised five of us were men you know 10 percent. and talking to the other men that were there they didn't all actually plan to be there so there was like two out of 50 of us so yeah uh, confronting that way so i'm now what was this was this workshop primarily focused on intuition or was it broader no no it, it was about teaching us about the energy in our bodies yep. and how to balance it out because it's not hard in this world we live in to get out of balance and it was a very different thing than i'd i'd read a book about it and i was fascinated immediately with it two weeks after reading the book i'd booked my ticket and i was going because this course was run once a year and it just happened to be on at this time so i said to my wife I'll be back in two weeks' time, and yeah. off I went. And it sort of started from there, and things inside me started to change. My A lot of the way I thought, the way I experienced emotions, the way a lot of things, and I was definitely not becoming feminine that's in the slightest because most of the women that were there, were they were developing intuition, but they were understanding the language, and yeah. I wasn't. And I felt frustrated. In the beginning, I just thought, well, it's a women's thing, women's intuition, they get it, I don't, I'll never get it. But the more I started to study it and listen to it, and I had a word with the, the instructor there on the side, and she said, oh, no, Doug, she said, this is just a very normal, natural, scientific thing. There's nothing, there's no woo-woo thing about this. Yes, women's brains are wired differently. That's a fact for, for various reasons. But for me, I then just decided that, because I had a few experiences, and like I talked about the one where we moved out of our business, when I started to go back in hindsight and look at it, I'm thinking, this is some cool stuff if you can start to recognize what's going on. It can make your life a lot simpler. It can help you stop stuffing up your life. And I've looked at so many men, Andrew, who I think there's not a man on the planet who wouldn't have once said in hindsight, I knew I should have done that. Or I knew I shouldn't have, done, have done that. that. Yeah. I, yeah. I just knew I shouldn't have done it. Yeah. But I did it anyway. Yeah. Why did we, And I'm guilty of it. David Henry Thoreau, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, probably 150 years ago in the US, wrote that most men live lives of quiet desperation. Yeah. And when I read that about 30 years ago, I looked at some men in my life who were close to me that I had a lot of interaction with, and I just thought, oh, God, they're living lives of quiet desperation that makes total sense and i just decided i didn't want to live that life yeah and when i found this it's almost like if you're playing a computer game i found a cheat a way to cheat in the game was by developing my intuition and now i sort of it was like this made my life easier not every single time but if it made my life easier five or ten percent of the time 
what a better world it would be to be around me because I'm not I'm not kicking the cat as often. You know, yeah, I, 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 I don't come I do. home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know, I've been. We talked about it. We'll go. We'll go back twenty years plus. Emergency services. You go from everything to nothing. Like my kids used to laugh at me every day when I'd come home when they were little. Dad, Dad, did you go to a fire today? No, no, no. Mum, and they would laugh. They'd know. Then I would one day my wife would be outside the station to pick me up, and I'd walk out, and I would look at her, and she would know, and she would turn around to the kids in the back seat, be quiet when Daddy gets in the car. Yeah, because. She, she she knew that you intuitively had, knew you had a tough day you'd have an, uh, an event or something uh, that you emotionally were, yeah, I was yeah, shot yeah like yeah. in every way and I was not ready for those little boys in the back seat who I loved yeah. to start bantering and uh, like dad dad dad, dad dad as they do <laughs> I did this at school I it was just <laughs> yeah and so those extremes you know that was there and so I didn't want to we need we need to make our lives easier whenever we can and we go through tough things to learn things and, and we've all been through them and, and I love those which is very times. normal the discomfort that comes with life we're not, we're not mm. trying to take people away from the tough times yeah but we're just trying to put us on a path where we don't live a life quietly desperate inside where there's always a light at the end of the tunnel, we can understand why things happen, what's happened, and we can just make life easier for those who are around us as well. Yeah, okay, thank you. And before I get you to go down that rabbit hole a bit further, I might just refer to some of the literature which is out there. And I would encourage people who are listening to, if you want to understand how to be more intuitive, and and certainly Doug's going to provide some pathways for us in this discussion we're having today, but... I had this wonderful moment about 20 years ago when I come across a book titled Blink, which is a Malcolm Gladwell book. And he spends time in that book discerning or distinguishing between different thinking processes. And one of the concepts he covers in that book is the concept of thin slicing, which is being able to intuitively make a decision based on a range of knowledge that you may have, a range of experiences. Mm. And he used an example of a, an experienced police officer who, when confronted with a situation where there could be danger there, and the scenario they cover in the book is a person standing just in a foyer, and the question being in, in the police officer's mind, has this person got a weapon or not? And he was able to distinguish that a more senior experienced person had more time to actually make that determination or had a better process to make that determination. And I'm not talking about forming a committee here and, mm. and going through it on A through Z. This is about having to make a fairly quickly decision. And even the notion that that person who may have a weapon of reaching into their jacket pocket and something coming out, and whether it's a weapon or whether it's a mobile phone, there was a dreadful situation where unfortunately a a more junior uh, serving police officer was in that similar moment and ended up shooting someone whereas in fact this person only had a mobile phone Mm. and that's dreadful yeah Mm. but that's happened but in the book Malcolm Gladwell he digs into that a bit more why would a senior serving person have more time Mm. to come up with a better outcome and it's intriguing 
So I think the point that Malcolm Gladwell was trying to make was that you know there are two very different systems of decision making that we're talking about here, and and we're not going to talk about the the slower, more analytical. You work through something, analyze it, and you look find data. These things that you do, there are right times in life where you have to do that, where you got to sit down mm-hmm. and you have to look, look at the numbers, look at the data mm-hmm. to make a choice about whether you're going to refurb the house or whether you're going to go and create a new business or whatever. We're not going to talk about that today. Mm-hmm. Today is about the other side of the spectrum, which is about decisions taken pretty quickly. And the way Malcolm Gladwell talks about it, he says that you know, using an intuitive decision-making process, the brain does a lot of work for you. Mm-hmm. And I might just leave that there and now go back to you, and if you could describe to me what's your take on how the, the brain or how people can approach intuitive decision-making and what they need to do. Okay, so for me, you've got to hear the message. So now I'm in China, but I've got to find someone who speaks English. Yeah. You know, so you've got to be able, you've got to be in tune to it. You take a dog whistle, it's at a frequency that most humans can't hear, yeah. but the animal's ear can tune into that frequency. Yeah. So how do I tune into a frequency I'm not used to tuning into? It's not instant. I mean, sometimes things will just come. We all receive these messages we're talking about differently. Some people may quickly just see something in their inner eye. I don't, typically. That's not a common thing for me. Some people might have an inner knowing. They just know things. That's something typical uh, for me. Are we me. talking? I need okay. to probably Some, uh, get, an example. Get, the, get the language right. Because hearing the words that you're using, inner eye, mm-hmm. what was the other word, the term you used? You, you said inner uh, eye. Just an inner knowing. Inner knowing. If I said gut feel. Are we talking about the same thing here? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, okay. Keep going, please. Yeah. So it's like we get these sensations and we get them differently. Some people get like a physical feel in their body, but not everyone gets all of it. And it's like sometimes that means a certain thing. We, I mean, there's all these different ways. Some some people would have it in a voice. If anyone knows Trevor Handy, I interviewed him on my podcast, oh, you know, the, a year ago. The, the former, the yeah. former Ironman? Ironman, yeah. world Ironman champion from the Gold Coast here. And talking to him, he would have, he would hear things. And I'd say, what do you mean, Trevor? And he said, I'm swimming in the, you know, the Ironman race on the beach. He says, I hit the water last. Everyone's ahead of me. And a song comes in my head, go your own way, go your own way. I love that song. He says, <laughs> I'm very good at breath holding. So I just dive down to the bottom as we're swimming out and I'm last. And he said, all of a sudden, ocean currents start taking me. Well, not ocean currents, but the shore yeah. currents with yeah. the waves yeah. start pulling him out. He's underwater most of the time. When they hit the buoy out there to turn around, he comes around thinking he's still last. He's actually first. So he... Did he hear a voice in his head? Well, intuitively, a song came to him that he probably hadn't heard for a while, just said, and it just kept repeating, go your own way, go your own way. He chose to follow it. And all of a sudden, now, he didn't win every race that way, of course. But, you know, so it's like, is that weird to have a voice in your head? No, it's just we get them all the time. Well, sometimes we, 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 we do every day, all of us, every exactly. have have these voices in the head, and sometimes it's a real battle which which voice we're going to listen to. <laughs> exactly. But so yeah, and so it's training. It's like any trying to learn music or something like that. You have to train and practice at it, and you have to develop it. A big thing for me, there, we can also put blocks up to this. A big thing for me when, like, probably twelve years ago, when this started to become more real for me, I had just not to develop my intuition because I didn't even know what it was back then. I had just embarked on a radical lifestyle change. 
that I still keep up to this day, yep. where I radically changed the food and liquid that I put in my body. I basically stopped putting processed food in. And as a sideline of that, after a couple of months, my clarity of mind was like very heightened. I just thought differently. And so I would say to people, if you put a lot of rubbish in your body, you are going to tend to suppress what we're talking about now. And if you tend to look after your body, and it's like, also, you know, people might be interested in how they can develop it. For me, that worked. Yeah. Now, it may not necessarily help everybody, but for me, it did. It was, it was the beginning that started to turn me over to this way of thinking. And it was a sideline. It's not why I did it. I wanted to be healthier. I, I wanted to physically get into my old age with my body being physically healthier. And that's why I changed. But it gave me these other benefits where I could, the clarity of mind came. Okay, so you've got clarity of mind or you've got, it's like your your mind is now or body or however you want to describe it, is now communicating mm. with you in ways that mm. maybe you were a bit blind to yeah. uh, previously. Yeah. When that started happening for you, and it would have been confronting, I would imagine, to some degree, was that a difficult change to start listening to parts of you that you'd never heard of before? Oh, yeah, because you're becoming aware of things. You're seeing yourself in a different light, and you're actually seeing yourself, and you're thinking, when I spoke to that person two or three years ago, how I spoke to them, that was pretty crappy. You know, like, oh, oh why did I... You know, not. I guess in the beginning, I started to not beat myself up a bit, but I was starting to think, but then I started to think, well, it's just how I thought back then. You know, like I've got to just get over that. Yeah. You know, they seem to have gotten over it yeah. pretty well. I've got to not beat myself up for being like that. Cause I started to realize like that wasn't a nice way to speak or a nice way to act or think. And these are the things I'm talking about that was starting to happen. And therefore, another term with intuition, synchronicities. And so for me, synchronicities, when something happens two or three times, that's unusual, but it's very similar. And it might happen over a space of a few days or a week or two. And you think, wow, like when I chose to leave the emergency services, you know, all those years ago and start a business up overseas, I had some seriously synchronistic moments that things came together and I chose to follow them and it just fell in place and off it went. Now, I'm sure I've had hundreds of other opportunities like that that I didn't follow. And then when we chose to wind the business up, it was synchronicity as well that I followed. But at that point, it stuck out like you wouldn't know what. Like it was so obvious to me. It was like a day apart, this very unusual thing came to me and I'm like, whoa. Like, like messaging. Or, yeah, well, yeah. just the day before I'd had a particular thought, yeah. right? And within 30 seconds, that thought left. Yeah. The next day, my oldest son walked into my office and said, Dad, you got a few minutes? I said, sure. He said, I'd like to talk to you about how you want to sell the business, etc. And I've got a, a crazy idea. And he shared that idea with me. And same word came up that yeah, I'd so had in this thought to the day before. Day. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh, hang on. Yeah. Both, this, is, this is so out there. And I've had this two days in a row, once from my mind, yeah. once from my oldest son. And he's now got a pad with like four or five pages of notes. 
And I said, mate, you don't have to convince me. Go and talk to your mum. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Like, she's the one who's probably not had intuitive moments about this. I'm already convinced in the first five minutes. So go and talk to her. And I said, if you can, if you can crack her, we're doing this thing. And away we went. Away and, we went. Yeah. And it worked. Um, so let's now try to jump into the context of, as I've uh, expressed to you, listeners to this podcast, for generally fall within the emergency services sector. Mm-hmm. And whether that's policing, SES, rural, fire rescue, ADF, policing, whatever. How can we best describe to that audience the opportunities that might be there right in front of them, but maybe they're not seeing at the moment? Okay, so for me, when I used to turn up on, and I'm going to use the word fire ground because yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah. The, you know, whatever the emergency ground was, car accident, wherever. I found initially, I joined when I was 19. I think I was a little bit young, but anyway, so I would experience an emotion on arrival and often that would be fear. Yep. Not always, but yep. and different levels of it, depending on Which what we turned no, up very, to. Very normal. And the smart ones know what it, know yeah. what they're feeling. Yeah. Maybe the ones who are a bit ignorant mm. probably see it as something else, but I won't, I won't continue there. You keep going. Yeah. So I've found that emotions are actually quite important with intuition. And not suppressing our emotions or not just fully letting it express it. Like we're not. But we need to embrace that emotion at that time and, and for me, all the training I've had scientifically, apparently, emotions last about 90 seconds. A bit like a wave coming in the ocean. Yep. You'll get hit with it. So, you know, for those of you who have had issues with emotions, don't know how to handle it, just suck it up for 90 seconds. Yeah. All right. And after 90 seconds, it'll be subsiding bulk of the time. So initially, we might feel that fear. Well, I know I did. And it's it can help us tap in to the frequency of our emotion. Because that's it, like that emotion is a heightened frequency in our body. And it's just something we can't see. We've got magnetic fields. You know, we've all got mobile phones in our pockets. They're all receiving frequencies from somewhere yeah. from the local cell phone tower. And it's just a different frequency in our body that we are feeling for the next 90 seconds. And it can help us tap into a different, I'm going to use the weird word here, realm. Yeah. Like yeah. where these intuitive senses frequencies are coming from like and people are going oh he's getting a bit off track now but our phone it's picking up our tv it's wirelessly picking up images it's just like i mean that's pretty crazy woo woo a hundred years ago if you or 200 yeah, years ago you might have been if, burnt if you describe yeah if you try to describe yes what a mobile phone does yeah. and or well, you pull right, your you, phone out if you, you tra- be, time travel back 200 you, years yeah you'd be a heretic <laughs> Yeah, well, you, you, went you will get burned at the start. To the, uh, you know, the, French, the, the inquisitions and yeah. things. Yeah. So it's, if we can just realize that, yeah, hey, that phone's got all this crazy frequencies and stuff. I'm picking up frequencies. And now I've got to interpret. The, we've technologically developed those frequencies and we've concentrated them into the phone and we can interpret that information. We click on the app. And we do it every it comes day. Up and, oh, and, yeah, it's just, yeah. and we read and yeah. we interpret it because somebody had the smarts to yeah. do that so now we've got this other information coming through we've got to develop it so just let's explore that that moment and you know whether it's you on a fire ground whether it's you know a, and I, I described that policing mm. example earlier in, in the malcolm global book the moment when people are in these situations and it is a very much a heightened 
Mm. And there are, whether it's fear, whether it's maybe even excitement for some, or a heightened level of tension. It's a moment when the body is pumping numerous chemicals into the system, which are deliberately aimed or Mm. targeting Mm. your ability to think quicker and get situational awareness Everything becomes so much bigger and brighter and certainly some of the thinking around pattern recognition, Mm. which is that example of an experienced operator who goes to a new situation but is able to take their experience and pull it in. They might not have a scenario which is exactly the same as what they're being Mm -hmm. confronted with today, but they've got something which is close. And the, the science is around that they take that example and they supplement it with the stimulus of what's happening around them there, and then they form a solution. So tell me more about why you think becoming better at intuition is going to value-add for someone who's in the middle of that heightened period of operation. Well, in that heightened state, you know, you're you're under a lot of pressure. You need to make quality decisions. You know, if you can make the right decision the first time, you can slow things down in your mind a little bit more, almost slow time down and like put the stuff together, make the right decision. Obviously, when we we don't make the right decision, it just compounds the incident and, you know, it's going to extend the length of time until it's brought under control. And nobody's looking to you for that. Like, it's not what we want. We You know, you and I have been on firegrounds in our junior fiery days with different officers in charge and some of those have just we've just been so happy that they were there like that you just feel confident when they're calmly putting out orders and yeah, instruction they're, they're, they're that they're impre- just I'll, brings it to a I'll close i use the word impressive yeah and yeah. by comparison when you get to see maybe some operators who are quite as good yeah or maybe a lot more junior and therefore inexperienced yeah it's a very different situation so i think the objective is to help those are in that learning phase or junior learning mm. initial phase to get them to that more experienced calm that mm. and i know mm. that you use the word calm and I think that thinking about that calm experienced operator and some would probably be quite aware of how they use their intuition and probably others are a bit they just know that intuition helps them but they don't feel the need to take time to understand all the science behind it and that's fine Mm, because there's a lot to be said for that decision making process where you are making intuitive decisions how quick it can be and the science around it is that Mm. It's actually quite a low impact or low load on the body and the mind. The body and the mind is able to process this stuff without you even having to think about it and then put thoughts into your mind about what your options are, which way you're going to go, which is much, as I said, the the science says that's much easier than having to sit down at a desk and work out how you're going to finance a new home that you want to build. Yeah, very different things. Yes. And the, and I'll just go on a bit here and say that the, the science says that that second slowest style of decision making, which is very analytical, very factual driven, that it it actually fatigues people pretty mm-hmm. quickly. And I think we've all been there when mm-hmm. you when you sat down and maybe you're do, trying to do a home budget or you're trying to you know, work something which is out which is a little bit complicated, yeah. and you can't sit there forever. Mm. You got to go. Oh my goodness, this is just yeah. doing my head. And you yep. get up and you go for a walk or yep. you know whatever it is, and then come back another go. The beauty of the intuitive system is that it's low impact on the body, mm-hmm. and, and probably it's another reason why people should open their eyes to it and use it for what it is. What else can you tell me about in describing what intuition is? 
Can you put some more words around for the listeners, okay. please? So just something that came when you were talking there was sort of like with the guys on the at the emergency, if they are if they're inexperienced, the frequency that's there is not being heard, because intuition rarely comes and tries to over overtake your thoughts and push you into a scene. It's it's subtle. It's very subtle. Yeah. It's a still small voice. It's and so we have to be on. You know, we have to be looking out for it. We have to be aware of it. And, and like you say, it's not you don't you're not going looking for it all the time because we're not lifting the bonnet on the car every day before we get in it and, and seeing how it always works. But we've, we're aware that on a cold morning we go to start the car. It we don't rev it up straight away. We we let it warm up. We yeah. let, we're intuitively we know these sort of things. So yeah. So and that um, the uh, in an emergency scene like that, if we can slow it down, if we can remain calm, and part of that, the easy way with that that I've had to learn is uh, through breathing. And you know, we're both scuba divers yeah. and that sort of thing. And you know, as a scuba instructor, you can pick the nervous student because they're not breathing; they're either holding their breath or they're you know, they're, they're shallow, just yeah. short, shallow yeah. breaths and that yeah. sort of thing. And, and so if there's another little tip, because I, I still run fire safety classes two days a week, you know, for a private company at the moment. And one of the little lines on the PowerPoint presentation is remain calm. It's real easy to say to people, oh, you've got an emergency, you know, you're remain the warden. Calm. Just remain calm and go on to the next point. <laughs> Whilst all these chemicals are being pumped into your body yeah. to, to elevate you. So, so I yeah. ask for a show of hands. Please put your hand up if you've ever been formally taught to remain calm. And at that point, I pull my hand down. And I said, when I was in emergency services, when I joined 40 years ago, they, I was away that day. They, they didn't teach us to, they taught us everything except how to remain calm. And so I say to people, breathe. Not just short, shallow breaths, but deep down into your abdomen, down into your belly button, through your nose, and remember to exhale. When I was teaching scuba, I used to say to people, always do big, full exhales, because you'll automatically inhale. All right, yeah, you yeah. won't have to remember to inhale, but you'll have to remember to exhale. Big full exhales, yeah. and then big breaths in through the nose. It's not an instant thing. Give it thirty seconds. You know, I've on my podcast too. I've interviewed a neuroscientist, and I've run all this by her on how to remain calm, and she talks through the science of the whole thing. She's a brain doctor of what's going on. You know, the neural pathways in the brain. Just those deep, slow breaths into the belly. So when you're pulling up to that emergency scene, when you know you're like 60 seconds away, some deep, slow inhales through the nose is just going to slow everything down for you and, and, and take the blinkers off and help you remember your training. Okay, so first key point is that for you to uh, utilize intuition effectively uh, in moments operational moments mm -hmm. being calm yeah. is going to open the lens up even further is that fair to say or yes. it's going to it's going to bring yeah. you more solutions yes. if you're calm or what does that fit look like and feel like and for me it's that things slow down mm -hmm. because your breathing is slow and deep yeah. everything feels like you've got more time and I, and I go back to that scenario the the copper you know the police officer who's yeah. who's having to make a decision but they're trying to make it using every second that they've got okay so we can both agree that being calm getting yourself that right frame of mind and again easy for us to say that easy 
see probably for an experienced mm. officer, and I consider a name a few that I consider in that category, that by their experience, they look like they've got so much more time to make decisions. Yeah. Whereas, in fact, they've got the same amount of time as everyone else, mm. but they somehow can generate more time. So calmness is important. What else is important in terms of being able to execute or utilise intuition in that operational context? Wow, good question there. Yeah. And just to make, maybe help you here a little, you spoke earlier about how sometimes we get these messages yeah. or this voice or information in our mind and comes to us two or three times. Mm-hmm. Synchronicity. Yeah. And I think that's probably the case too in this, in this operational context mm-hmm. where it's not like you only got one opportunity. It's not like your intuition's going to give it to you once and put something to you and you go, no, ignore that. My understanding is that these things pop back in. If mm. it's important, yep. then you're going to get another reminder. Yeah. You, and that's the beauty is that yeah. it's not just a, one yeah. opportunity to make this work or screw it up. Yeah. So can you talk yeah. a little more about that? You could be sitting at the station watching TV and something comes on unusual and you think, oh, okay, wow, that's unusual. And then you you know go for a, a drive around your station area or whatever doing something, something else unusual, similar. Next thing you're on the an emergency, you know, you're on the fire ground, you're at a, you know, a shootout or wherever you are with your emergency service. And some, another thought comes along that sort of fits in with those two other things. And you're like, oh, okay, hang on. (laughs) Someone's got my back here. Like, is is this, you know, was that silly thing I saw on the TV yesterday that relates to this? What the hell has that got to do with this? Yeah. But it does. It does. And and for me, when I followed those hunches, those intuitive moments, those synchronicities, I've had wild success. I've just like, the more out there the thing is to do, the more synchronicities I get. If it's something real basic, I'm probably just going to get it once. Yeah. Okay. I just need to distinguish here that the nature of emergency service work is it's a generally a high consequence environment mm-hmm. that the choices that are taken uh, to resolve it can take you in the wrong direction or it can take you in the right direction. Having said that, I've also seen examples where incorrect choice was taken, but then another opportunity comes along. But the great thing is that if it's real and there's a real basis to it, there's a good chance it's going to come back again yeah. and give you another reminder that maybe you might want to do this a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. like when we pick up our phone and our app reminds us about something or whatever, you know, it's there. And, like and it, it changes our direction. It yeah. changes our choices. Yes. It's, it's quite incredible. But look, I've described the, the Malcolm Gladwell book link, and I'd encourage people to mm-hmm. go and find that book. It's an incredibly rich book to read. Another book I'm going to refer to, which is titled Thinking Fast and Slow. And that's where it aligns quite well to Mm -hmm. the Gladwell book. This other book, Thinking Fast and Slow, was written by Daniel, I think it's Kahneman, Daniel Kahneman. And he talks about the two systems. And I've described it earlier, the first system, which operates automatically, intuitively, operates automatically and quickly with little or no effort and no sense of voluntary control. So that speaks that notion that you're not controlling this mind that is providing you Mm -hmm. with pathways. It's just a case that you've got to open your eyes to what's being said to you. And I think that speaks to uh, receiving, being open to receiving thoughts and Mm. options that you may not have thought. So that's the first system. Now, in that book, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow, he also talks about the system too. And, And again, we're not going to get into that today, but he talks about that system. He describes it as being that you need to allocate attention to the 
effortful mental activities that demand it, including complex computations. So it's, it's that slower stuff that we're talking about. And he talks about how that system two thinking has a limited budget of attention. So it's actually, as I described earlier, mm-hmm. when you're sitting down trying to do something quite complicated, you get to a point, you go, I can't do this anymore. You're gonna get up and go away. Mm-hmm. But today we're talking about the first system, which is about intuitive thinking. What are the options for people to help them develop their intuition? What can they do? Okay, so I can only go from personal experience of yeah. what I've learned to do once I started to get into this field, this, this way, because I wasn't always like this, I can tell you. This, and some of these things are going to sound out there, but I'm going to say this, the world's changed and the world's changing a lot. Things are changing, how we do things like I've been out of emergency services 20 years and I know there's been a lot of changes there. Everything's changing. We're changing. If we're not willing to change, then maybe we shouldn't seek a high leadership position in organisations. Maybe we need to be led. But if we choose to be at the forefront and be the leaders, we've got to change. Something I do pretty much... I'll just jump in there and say, mm-hmm. particularly frontline leaders. Mm-hmm. There's never been more pressure on our frontline leaders to be flexible enough yep. in evolving their practice. Yeah. And I know that this is always a conflict between long-standing customer practice, things that have worked for decades, yep. and the unfortunate trap that some people fall into, which is, therefore, they'll work for many more decades in the future. <laughs> and I think, personally, that's a flawed yep. belief. I think there's many things that we want to hold on to. And I think those good things that need to be held on to in terms of the way we go about our professional life, it'll become obvious the things that you need to hang on to. Mm -hmm. Again, if you listen to your intuition. Mm. So I do encourage people, don't get tied into that. It's always worked this way. It'll always work that way because Mm. it doesn't. I may have interrupted your um, thought process. Where where are we going to go next? So for me, we've got to be able to develop, to tap into the frequency of it. For me, I pretty much every morning will meditate for between 10 to 30 minutes. My mind goes everywhere. Some people are really good at just sitting there with their eyes closed doing it. That's not me. I I have headphones on and I'm listening to a guided meditation and I listen to a wide variety of them. Sometimes after a year or so, I'm totally not into this one anymore. I'll change to a new one. So I'm not going to recommend specific ones, but there is a million of them out there. You go, you know, do a search. You'll find something. And for me, in the beginning, I definitely had to have guided ones. They will put my brain into, it will help align the frequencies of my brain. So I'm more attuned to hear and understand and feel the intuitive moments that's something and i talked earlier about being careful what you put into your body the fuel you know like you've got your car you got if you bought a really expensive european sort of like high torque engine you probably wouldn't put basic 91 unleaded fuel in it you'd be paying the extra you know you so it's careful what we put into this body the meditation and that i'm very careful about what i read so I do read a lot. I study, I research this sort of stuff and, and I, I get more of an understanding of it all the time. And it's funny, in the beginning, it was all woo-woo stuff I was reading. Now I'm reading science because every time I keep finding and I go back that this is just scientific knowledge. It's like you get two magnets. You can't see the energy between them and they either repel or attract and you physically can't see how or why, what's, what's making them do that, but they do it. Yeah, you can feel it. 
Yeah, yeah you can. Mm. Or you, you can feel it in the sense of yes. hold, you know, hold the magnets in your hand. And mm. as a child, you know, I go back and think about you know those early moments where you're discovering yeah. things, and uh, the whole thing about magnets just blew me away. Yeah. And was, I was fascinated with them for so long. But yeah. you're right, it's a form of energy that you can't see, yeah. but it's real. Yeah. yeah. And for me, it's it's real because of the results I get in my life and how, how I feel about my life and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, if we go to work in a in a pretty crappy mood because yeah. we're just feeling, you know, we're living lives of quiet desperation, it's not going to help us in an emergency making quick, solid decisions that are going to bring that incident to a close in, in a way that's helpful to everyone. Everyone. Yeah. You know, the emergency services workers and the victims initially of it before we arrived. And that's what we're there to do. And so we've got to go to work. We've got to turn up at start time in the best frame of mind with the best tools. And intuition is just a tool. What's your view? You've just pricked my thought. Life gets in the way of us all. We mm. have our good days. We have our tough yep. days. We have our days where we do arrive at work. And because of something else that's happened in our life, we're not at our best. Mm. Would it be fair to say that when we're in that situation that potentially we're not going to be as good at using intuition because there's so much static mm. that's happening around absolutely. us? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the sta- and, and, you know, I mean, I don't understand electrics very well, but I remember... When we first we were living near a hospital here on the Gold Coast, and we had an old black and white TV, and we used to get the um, paged messages to the doctor from like two kilometres away come through our TV. There was, you know, the resistors and the transistors and all that sort of stuff. We were getting static through our TV. And so, you know, like the new technology came out and it taught how to, they change those resistors and the transistors and things in the TV. So... Here we're talking about ways to get rid of that resistance, put ourselves. Another thing I do now, I know this is not for everyone, but it's something that works for me, is most mornings I try and do, I've got on my computer, I've got all these little short seven to eight minute videos of Qigong, which is an exercise. Now, some people might be into a bit more active. They might be into some sort of martial art, some sort of physical exercise. Some people just need to go for a walk. Some people need to run. All right, I'm not a runner, but if you're some physical activity, get that energy moving. Things, you know, just these habits. And for me, the Qigong, it's an ancient Chinese sort of one, and it seven to eight minutes. I'm not talking an hour in the gym. If you want to go and do that and you need an hour in the gym every morning, do it. For me, it doesn't work. We're all different. Yeah, there's so many different ways for, yeah. for everyone to find yeah. their own pathway through yeah. this. So just trying to summarise this a little bit, given given the time, some key things. You've got to look after yourself. Yeah. And that includes, as you described, how you eat, mm. use of meditation, use of exercise, use of methods to improve your emotional or mental mm. well-being. So it's a very broad it thing. Yeah. But the point is that these things can improve or affect how you go about using intuition mm. in your life, both professionally and generally. So that's before the event. For those people who are in that moment through their role as an emergency service officer, that they've been injected into a moment. The key thing I think that we touched on earlier was that the importance of remaining calm Mm. and the use of breathing as a method to do that. I spoke earlier about pattern recognition, about the more experienced people can draw on their experience and come up with a designer solution, which should be partly arrived at using a bit of intuition, probably a lot of intuition if needed. And from there, we should have a situation where people's ability to be successful in their role improves. So anything else that I've missed? 
Yeah, um, I think that's enough for the listeners to digest. Like, yeah, this it is, is a big Because this is yeah. not in standard subject. I think there's enough there. I think if any of them are already partway down this path, there's plenty of other info they can, they'll intuitively know where to move to to seek out additional impact. And, and the final person I'm going to refer to here before we wrap up is Carl Jung, who's mm-hmm. a famous psychologist. And he has a definition of intuition, which is intuition is perception via the unconscious that brings forth ideas, images, new possibilities, and ways out of blocked situations. Mm. He went on and he describes it as being sometimes it can feel irrational because in using intuition as a tool or a method, you actually are departing from traditional decision-making models, which mm-hmm. is you know, A, do this, B, do this, C, do this. So this is not an easy, necessarily an easy jump to do, but, but I've seen that most people have intuition. Now, we didn't really get into the male versus female thing, and but I will make a point here that there's lots of evidence that says that females do better mm-hmm. uh, with intuition versus males, and we could probably spend a whole other uh, podcast on yeah. that. And I did ask Michael Grinder one day, and Michael's an educationalist from the US who I've come to respect a lot, why is it that females do better mm-hmm. in this space than males? And, and then he described how, from a science perspective, females have got a much better connection between their, their right and left hemisphere of their brain. Mm-hmm. And the way he would describe it would be a male might be running a ADSL link yep. between the two hemispheres, mm-hmm. whereas a female tends to have the benefit of having NBN. But we haven't got time today to go, go further. As you're aware, normally with listeners, uh, I do five questions at the end of these mm-hmm. podcasts. But today, because I've already, you've, you've already done. done your five questions, if people are interested, go back and look at that um, season two, episode one, where I had a chat with Doug about his life journey you know, from that early part being a fire service officer right through to becoming a successful businessman in partnership with his wife. And then in this final phase, being someone who's looking to help others in being better than they are. Now, Doug has his own podcast series and it's called Intuitive Conversations with Doug. That's it. That's it. So I'd encourage people to go look for that and you, you can dig in further. I've mentioned the, a couple of books there. First one being Blink, the Gladwell book, and the second one being the Thinking Fast and Slow text. Now, both those books for me, if you want to quickly elevate your knowledge of the different decision systems that we use as people, they're two books that I would encourage people to do. So Doug, final question for you, which is, and this is probably targeting a younger, uh, junior person in emergency services sector, someone who's on early in their journey, Mm -hmm. not like you or me who are kind of at the other end. What would you say to them? What would be your final comment? Why getting better at intuitive thinking? Why is it so important? Why is it in their interest to become better at it? I spoke earlier about how the world's changing so much. And it's to me, it's part of the way of the future. It's, it's not the way, but it's another tool that you need in your toolbox. It will definitely help your work life, but it will help your home life, your social life. You will become a nicer person to be around. You'll kick the cat less often you'll feel better about yourself. It just will give you a better sense of well-being all around. And if you can leave that legacy with the world, it's just gonna make it just gonna make the place a better place to live in. It's gonna make it easier for you in your career, make good decisions and you know, 
but and when you've got all the downtime around the station when nothing's happening it's just going to make you that nicer person to be around what a great way to wrap it up doug thank you very much for spending time with me today and i hope that this is of some benefit to listeners in their own in their own journey and I appreciate again you jumping in back in. You're my first repeat guest, <laughs> which I think says a lot about the respect I have for you. So thank you very much for you know, jumping in on this today. Very important subject. And good luck to those out there as they go on their own journey to discover how becoming better at intuition will make them better professional and voluntary operators yeah. and better people generally. Good on you, Doug. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew.